Hi, I'm Danny LaRue of the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks over the Atlanta Hawks in their Game 5 on Thursday. BetOnline has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline.net today. When traders tell us how to make Thinkorswim even better, we listen. They asked for a version they could access anywhere. No download necessary. We heard them. And when they asked to execute a preset trade strategy in seconds, we said absolutely. Feedback like this inspired us to build Thinkorswim Web, and it continues to push us. So our entire suite of platforms never stops getting better. Because platforms this innovative aren't just made for traders, they're made by them. Thinkorswim Trading, from TD Ameritrade. The need for discipline disappears when you love what you do. No. Yes, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Because where else would you yes. rather be? Yeah. I agree. And that's where I got to the point with football. I never stayed after practice and catch footballs. Mm. Never showed up early to catch footballs until that third year and towards the end of my second year when I finally figured it out and went through that dark time. And that makes you average. And I was different. I, I watched, I listened to all the greats and I wanted to surpass them. nervous? No. Nah. He's never nervous. I know you're not nervous. <laughs> hey, listen, um, why? Why you know I'm not nervous? Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Let I'm me bring sorry. us in. Let me bring us in. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hot Box, and I'm Eben Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. Mike, we got the Hall of Fame tight end we in have, the house. We have greatness in the house. Tony Gonzalez. Welcome, we my brother. Thank you. Good to be here, man. Absolutely, dude. Man, so what'd you think about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, I was happy as shit. I yeah. mean, I was there. Obviously, we worked it for yeah. Fox, uh, and I was on the sideline. Uh, I didn't move the whole time. Because remember, it's been 50 years yeah. since they won, and we couldn't, I played there 12 years, and we couldn't get it done. Uh, but and so when when I, I was there and they, and they won and the confetti would dropped, um, I had this feeling of like so happy. Obviously, I, it wasn't me, mm. and I, I know I didn't win the Super Bowl, but it's like watching one of your kids win. I guess that's yeah. the way I can compare. Like you're really happy for them, yeah. Even though I didn't win it, but yeah. part of me won it. So I, I guess I'll take 75 percent feeling. Like, Definitely, like yeah, but, but it was good to see them win. Well, you know that young kid, the quarterback. He uh, Mahomes. he has the light. Yeah. 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 So we're going to watch them. When people have the light, we're going to watch them now. We're going to watch all their success, all their happiness. We're going to watch their failures. Yeah. We're going to watch their faults. We're going to watch their mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Human mistakes that the, everyone makes, but he's making them on the world stage. Yeah. That's the pressure of him right now, right? I mean, yeah. he's about to become an icon. No, I'm talking about life. I'm fuck football. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Yeah. That, I agree with you. She's saying that, that icon that's coming for him now, that fame on a, on really an international level, maybe. Like, with, and I look at football, Tom Brady, yeah. Peyton Manning. Hey, hold on. Hmm. Fuck. The, what makes you, why do you want to be who you are? Uh-huh. Well, we're getting right into it. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> we're getting right into it. Uh, what, what makes me want to be who I am? You know, I think over the last, and I've been a learner for a long time. Uh, I went through a, it, it was my dark time. So my second year in the league, and I've told people real quick, I, I led the league and dropped passes, got benched twice. I was on my way to being a bus, and I was. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it got 
pretty low for me. It's the lowest I've ever had. I mean, up until then, I was, hey, I was All-American. I was yeah, this dude. and that. Two-sport athlete. Two-sport athlete. And then I went through a depression mm. uh, where I was locking myself in a room, just drinking, uh, feeling sorry for myself, crying, because uh, I'd never been to this stuff. But, and then from there, it gave me that thirst for, to learn, to really dive in. Okay, what, the, what is this thing called greatness? And, and how the hell can I be like, like Mike Tyson or... Or, uh, or Jerry Rice or mm. anybody. Like, why, why the hell do they make it? And I'm struggling right now. It ain't because I'm not big enough, fast enough, strong enough. I got that. Mm. But the shit wasn't connecting in my head and in my heart. And so I went on this. And I've been on. I'm still on that journey that, where I started crushing books on Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and, and started studying people's workout routine. And, and I realized that, that there's so much more. And then I didn't have that confidence. I lost that shit. I lost that belief in myself. And then I started getting into books like Deepak Chopra, mm. Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Mm. Started going on this spiritual journey uh, that I've been on still. And then over this last couple of years, I've really dove into it and kind of said, and you asked me, who am I? Or At this point, it's, it's more than just this body or the, the, the success I've had. It's, it's like that shedding of the ego, like going mm. behind that and saying, okay, I'm this, I'm, I'm love, I'm peace, I'm joy. I'm, I'm really whatever the fuck I want to be, honestly, mm. at this point. Like you have that power. Uh, and, and I've been able to sit down with some really great thinkers and, and see that you create, you create who you are. I mean, you, you are what you think uh, and you need to quiet your mind as often as possible. And there's a lot of ways to do that. We can go into that, but there's, there's a lot of ways to quiet that mind to get down to who you are behind this body, this, this meat sack that we are. Yeah. It's deeper in that. That's Which dope. Is, have you discovered why you exist? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm here for the human experience. And after this, where I came from before, I feel like I'm going to return there. And, and that's... That's why we're here, to have this human experience and to go through mm. life and to see, to, ha- to fail, to love, to have peace, to have joy. And you have to keep leveling up. You have to keep learning those lessons. Otherwise, life will keep hitting you over the what head. What makes you become it. who you are? What makes you, what did you see to say, hey, I want to be this? I, I think that I was, I was curious. Who's your father? <laughs> With my biological father? Yeah. Uh, Joe Gonzalez from New York. Uh, son, son, son of immigrants. Is he Puerto Rican? No, he's uh, my grandmother's from Jamaica. Yeah, born in Jamaica, <laughs> and uh, and my grandfather was, I guess, raised in Argentina, and then they met and had my father in New York, and so my dad was a, is, is a, he's a, a psych therapist. Uh, was a recreational recreational therapist, not not a doctor. Or anything oh, okay. Like that. No, we, we, we're not too academic on that side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a recreational therapist at Long Beach, uh, in Long Beach at the Veterans Hospital for 40 years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What was it that, what was the thing? Who how did, did you, you take yeah. that, how did Go you take it. that first step out <laughs> of the darkness? Uh, the first steps was I needed to, I needed to fall in love with what I was doing. Mm. I love that, too. And, and I think I, – I played basketball, too. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah. – uh, No, we didn't. <laughs> yes, I know. So, and I was, I, was, I was pretty good at it. I mean, I played at Division One level college, went to Sweet 16, and so I'd always love – that cow. was my first love, that cow. Yeah. That was my first love was, was basketball. Uh. It's no secret. And football was just something I was really good at. 
Uh, but football's tough, man. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's not boxing, but you're getting your ass no, kicked. No, no, You're getting your ass no, kicked. Listen. Football's the ultimate man sport. Yeah. It, yes. It's the ultimate man sport. Listen, <laughs> man. I'm a fighter, and I know I know football, but I know what that. Listen, I can go in a boxing match and knock a guy out in 10 seconds, 30 seconds. You got to play that game. Yeah. You got to yeah. play that duration. I don't care. This is what I found out about um, Lawrence Taylor. I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. You're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In yeah. football. Yeah. I can be lucky and have a 30-second 30 30 fight. Most of my fights were. <laughs> <with, laughs> uh, I don't care how big or tough he has to go through that duration. He has to go in there with guys that their whole objective is to hurt him. Imagine that. Yeah. I can do that for That's that one true. thing. But imagine you having seven, eight guys, ten guys, twenty guys. Their objective is to put you out of business. Eighty times a game. Yeah. Eighty times. And a game. I was to put you out of business. Yeah. And I was. I, I didn't. I didn't have that. That streak in me. Yeah. That that ability to go to that level. That that you got to go to at football. That. Yeah. And I, and this is where it gets. Depending, I've had these conversations in the locker room, like. Uh, it's a it's a violent sport, yeah. it's, and you have to go there. You got to take your mind to that. You have to be a different person when you step on that field. Yeah. And I, I had a hard time with that. Mm. And um, and uh, and basketball was just fun. Basketball is just fun. You can go yeah. play by yourself. Football, yeah. you know, it's like, no one wants to say, "Hey, let's go get a, a couple hitting drills." At <laughs> yeah, least, fuck at least that. my mind didn't like that. I was like, "Screw that." That's yeah. why I sucked when I first played. Uh. I used to, I quit. Pop Warner, my first yeah. year. I didn't even. I didn't like hitting people. I like playing football on the on the on the playground when it was two hand touch. Yeah, you put some pads on, and I got to run into you full speed with my head. I didn't like that. Uh, and so, anyways, that's what happened to. I fell in love with the sport. Uh. And and when you're in love with what you do, um, to me, discipline. People throw that word around, and, and just the way I view it is discipline. There is no need for you know. I, the need for discipline disappears when you love what you do. Now, yes, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Because where else would you yeah. rather be? Yeah. I agree. And that's where I got to the point with football. I never stayed after practice to catch footballs. Mm. Never showed up early to catch footballs. <laughs> but basketball, I did all that. that st- I used to go to the gym for five hours a day. Just but shoot. My, but in, when football, then I did that. I never did that the first two years until that third year. And towards the end of my second year, when I finally figured it out, went to that dark time. I was like, shit, Jerry Rice, is. you study his workout routine? I was oh, like, yeah. man, I'm not doing that. I just show up and do what's required of me. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. And that I, makes you average. I, and I mm. was different. I, I watched, I listened to all the greats, and I wanted to surpass them. One guy would run five miles, then he'd walk back five miles after he finished running. Then he'd walk down the car. And whatever they did, I tried to supersede that. Mm. And by doing that, by superseding all the greats, I destroyed my body. Mm. Yeah. And then I found out um, training hard is... Ridiculous. You have to train smart. <laughs> yeah. You have to train smart. Like what he was saying, you have to train yeah. smart. Because you're, you're, you're told so many times, the greatest did this, the greatest did this. And at the end of the day, when it's all over, look how the greatest look. Yeah. 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 No, no. Look how the greatest look. Yes. And so you have to find that balance. Yeah, uh, listen. But know what's also interesting about the greats? Even though we see them fucked up, we try to reach that level, but we can't. Only the greats can reach that level. Mm. Mm. It's, the great. it's interesting though when you study greatness and you study whether they're a business leader uh, mm. or, or an actor 
Yeah. Like the endurance factor of a, the greats. Yeah, the endurance. <laughs> it's the endurance. Like, damn. Yeah. How do you work that yeah. long and hard and then get up and go do it again the next day? Yeah. And these guys are doing it. Uh, I, had a, I had a chance to hang out with, with um, Dennis Rodman a lot when I was younger. D-Rod. And, he's a friend of ours. He's a guy. Yeah, I love, love Dennis. And we used to go out, and he was the first person who taught me. This was right after I had some success. And uh, we'd go to Vegas or whatever. And we'd get home late. We'd party all night. And, but he would call me at, we'd get home around 5 or whatever, 5.30. And he would call me at 9.30 and be like, hey, hey, bro, let's, <laughs> let's go. And I'm like, what do you mean let's go? Like, I'm barely, I, can't, I can't move right now. <laughs> and he's like, let's go work out. Let's go. Come on. And I'm like, the endurance. Yeah. Like, this is why. Yeah. Like, how do you? Like, can you force yourself to do that? No. This is what um This is um when I watch somebody like Ali, I watch somebody that's really the real deal, you know, and I say, Well, then I know I'm not great. No, no, no. <laughs> when you see greatness, then you know that's not me. Ah, you, what do you mean? That's it just my great. ego. No, that's just my ego, nigga. Ali will fight you till he die, you have to kill him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to quit. Yeah. Not really. I, um, I want to believe that I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. My ego tells me that, but the, the reality of it is that I love my beautiful wife. I love this life that I have. I can do almost anything. And I might, I might not want to give this up just to prove that I'm a tough guy. Mm-hmm. But Ali would. Yeah. Well, there might have been a time in your life, though, Mike, where you would have given it all up. Well, I believe that was. I just, um, I just know I'm not him. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what I know. Everybody can call me what they want and this and that. I'm no greater than Mike as I am. But I know. I know what greatness is. Mm-hmm. I know what real greatness is. Um, Ali's an interesting guy, you know. He's um he's really beautiful. He's better looking than you, and it's fine. And um, he's really mean and tough and determined and competitive. And well, let me call another. He's really game. Mm-hmm. What make him? What? Why is he that way? Why? That's what I'm. That's what I'm after too. Like, what makes somebody that? Why, why, what is it? It goes beyond himself understanding. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ali goes to the level where I'm afraid to go. Yeah. And I've seen him. Like Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Their workouts, like people are like, you're throwing up every day. People mm. can't handle it. Yeah. Michael Jordan type stuff. Mm. Talk about endurance. Like yeah. The legendary stories about him. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant, late Kobe Bryant. Him, yep. get, you know, getting five, 3,000 makes. That takes mm. five hours. Yeah. 3,000 makes. Yeah. In, in one practice. <sighs> and then come back and do it again the next day. Like, What's it about somebody that makes them want to do that? What do you um, think? A lot of that, a lot, believe it or not, a lot of it has to do with self-hate. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be something. They saw something and they want to be that and they feel they're not that. And if they're not that, they're not. Life is nothing. Life is not. Mm-hmm. I believe if I wasn't a heavyweight champion and stuff, life, I, my life was nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a thought. It's like this. Um, where do we get our thought? Who created the thought? Mm-hmm. How did we? Um, you know, I've, I know. I heard that story. Of fucking um, 
the guy that saw himself in the mirror, Greek guy that fell in love, narcissist and stuff. But yep. it's deeper than that. It's better than narcissist. Because most of us, um, most of us don't like ourselves. And we, and we succeed and do so much greatness and we're jealous of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? I think it's the energy that we're jealous of. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes I say to myself, I say, why am I, listen, why am I on this show? You know what I mean? I say to myself, fuck, I'm not that fucking smart. I get all this fucking, Mike's a guru, Mike's this and that. Mike has to deal with some, he has to deal with um, a lot of, um, he's a megalomaniac, but he have a low self-esteem. Isn't that great? I think I'm caught, but I, I've deep down inside, I feel like I'm shit. Mm-hmm. But without that, I can't, um, I can't be who I am. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense. And I think I've felt like that at times. And I, and I really, this has really just happened to me over the last year. That's why year and a half. we become who we are because we don't like ourselves. But here's, here's, what I, here's what I want to get to this point that I heard a great quote that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm, mm. And yeah. I realized that I was always trying to compare myself to that guy. He's got more money than me or he's more popular or he has more stats. He's more yard. Oh, he blocks better than me mm. or whatever it is. I, I don't have a ring. I never want. Oh, shit. I never want a super. Like, mm. It's like stop comparing yourself. At least this is what I tell myself. And I do this every day. I do my morning meditation. It's a lot of like just let all that shit yeah, go. Let it go. And just be your best version. Yeah. And don't put all that pressure on yourself because I think that's where you start to judge yourself. Yeah. And that's not being in your heart. Totally, man. You know? And I wanted to. And coaches always say play with your heart. And I never understood what that meant. But to me, what it means now is when you're in your heart, there's no fear of judgment. You're totally present. You're not yeah. worried about the past, what happened before. You're not worried about the future. That's why a lot of guys meets, miss the ring, the ring maybe, or mi- why guys would miss the, the field because where else can you be that present? But you can. You can. Yeah. You've got to work at it. And then it becomes habit. Just like it became habit to be on the football field, it can become habit in life where you can just be totally present. You just keep, have to keep con- concentrating, constantly reminding yourself that there's no else I'd rather be that I'm in love with. I can tell you you're in love with life now. Exactly. And before, when you're comparing yourself, it's hard to be in love with life. <laughs> Listen, brother, true, I'm you, and I'm mad that I love life. I get mad. Some <laughs> fuck, nigga, what the fuck are you so happy for? But it's just let um, that go, Mike. You know, it's just beautiful shit. That's that street shit that holds on to you. That privilege. Right, right. Why are you so happy for a motherfucker? You know where you came from. But I should be happy because look where I came from and look where I'm at now. Yeah. But it, it holds you. It's, it's almost like your mother gave birth to you, and you're and you're fighting it. No, you're looking. For your independence. Mm. I love it. It's good shit, man. You guys go deep on here, man. Yeah, we go deep, <laughs> I love bro. It. I love it. Well, what was your last year? 17? 16? What do you mean? Your no. last season. Uh, 13. 13. You're 13. 13. Okay, so you've been, out, you've been out a little while now. Going on six years now. Okay. So yeah. um, how has that been? It was tough at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Transition's tough. Yeah. I'm five years out now. My last year is 14, and I feel like I'm just getting back on my feet. Just getting back, yeah. You know? I, 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 it takes, at least, at least for me. Yeah. It took around three years. That's yeah. interesting stuff because um, when we're doing our sports or whatever, our career, this is why we're not, we don't have to focus on us because we have our career. Life is about, um, how, what's that word again I want to use? The inventory, mm-hmm. doing self-inventory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I yeah. do a lot of self inventory and know what I notice. Um, 
I can't judge myself because if I if I if um I'm always fail my inventory. My mm. inventory is like, how did I talk to that person today? Mm. Did I disrespect somebody? Did I hurt somebody's feelings today? Mm. Or did I bring joy to somebody today? You know, and most of the time I failed. I've hurt somebody. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't pass my inventories at the end of the day that well. Mm-hmm. Well, as you long know. as you're being honest with yourself. No, I have to do that. Even if I'm not honest to my whoever I love and care right, about, right. I'm always honest to myself, and I, and I deal with that pain. But mm-hmm. being honest with myself, I deal with pain. Yeah, I deal with pain with just um, being disciplined. Yeah. You know, with life, I have to be disciplined. Not in sports, but in life, I have to be yeah. disciplined. I learned discipline is doing what you hate to do, but do it like you love it. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. I be, and, That's where discipline comes in yeah. handy. You got to have yeah. discipline. Uh, yeah. But when it comes to what you love, to me, there's, I think discipline is spirit. It goes back to that. Like if cookie, I love sweets and shit. I can't help it. I love them. <laughs> the cookies. And if I got to have, if I see two cookies in front of me and the chocolate chip, and somebody tells me I, I'm going to eat the whole plate, I'm like, hey, you got to get this out of here. And it yeah. takes a lot of discipline. How about if I tell yeah. you I don't know what I love? Huh? How about if I tell you I don't know what I love? I do it because I believe this is the right thing to do. Or I believe because he told me this, this is why I did it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I guess I, you know, I, don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> Oh, you do it because you love it. You're saying, is that what you're saying? No. Like, um, you don't know why you love it? Well, listen, um, th- how do you know you love it? Um, maybe the, cookies? the cookies? The sweets? But how do you as, know? as an listen, example? Um, my temperature rises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check it out. It's 1970. What is it? 1978, 79, something to that effect. I'm in a reformatory with bad kids. I've robbed some people, so we're all locked up here. Muhammad Ali came in there. He came to visit the kids. I saw him, and um, my life started, I said, hey, I bet you nobody picks on him. It's my mind was saying this shit. I, it's by the way, people, when he came in, people would have lost their mind. The people that abused us, the staff, they lost their mind. They were crying. The people that would abuse us, they were crying when they saw this man. They were at his mercy. So I said, fuck, I bet you nobody picks on him. And then um, a couple of months later, I got shipped out to another prison, another child prison. And then I, and then there, yeah, I met a guy that used to be a fucking fighter, professional fighter. He started teaching me how to fight. He kicked the shit out of me at first, but he started teaching me now. After he kicked my ass, just to let me know I'm the boss. You know, he was a smaller guy than me. Mm. And um, just to let me know, but um, he taught me. Then he started teaching me. And then um, Bobby Stewart, then I, I must have hit him with a jab. I, I broke his nose. He had the black eye. And he was mad once. So I thought he was mad, but he was mad because his wife don't, didn't like him having the broken nose and stuff. He said, listen, I'm not going to be able to box with you no more, but I'm going to take you to this other guy that's going to take you to the to the next level. And there I met Custom Otto. Mm. How does that happen? I see fucking uh, Muhammad Ali and I start boxing. And then, whew, then Sugar Ray Leonard fought Roberta Duran. Mm. After seeing that fight and seeing how people respond in the crowd and how the fight just has so much control with life. Everybody was talking about that commercial with Duran and Linda. Everybody was 1980. So the fight, June 20th, 1980, they fought in um, Montreal, Canada. I watched the fight. I got turned out about fighting. I said, this is what I'm going to die doing. Mm. Mm. And and I met cousin this fuck, right? Isn't that people? That's what life is about. Beating people. People inspiring people. Just even me, a guy like me that have low self esteem, I inspire people. 
Be, look, Tyson Fury, to be people naming out his heavyweight champ. I inspire people, even though with my low self-esteem. Mm. I yeah. inspire greatness. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Because it's bigger than me. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. My, how I feel about myself is nothing. How I feel about life is nothing. It's just, well, I don't how, know, it's the energy. How you feel about yourself is part of your journey, though. Absolutely, but my illusion you know. of myself is a, woo, fuck, listen, I'm talking, but my illusion of myself... <laughs> Listen, um, I don't know what's wrong with me. I was at the table with cousin, my friend. He was a fighter too, and he said something about Alexander the Great. And why did I fucking? He said he said he was like six five during like three hundred years before Christ. He was like six five, but he wasn't. He was really little and little. He was really small. Mm. He was so small that the fucking um, the equipment couldn't fit him. <laughs> he was too small. You know. Mm-hmm. But his illusion of himself was big. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was Alexander yeah. the Great, too. Yeah. yeah. There's also th- uh, something that I heard about him, too, that his mother told him from the beginning, since he was a little boy, that he's, yeah, you are destined, you are a part of the his, gods. His, his mother's one of the first stage mothers in history. Mm. But they've been before, they've been thousands of years, millions of years before her, they've been stage mothers that inspired their son. Alexander, when you talk about Alexander the Great, you talk about him and Napoleon. And notice the. Um, Hmm. Notice the resemblance between the two because they were the day we call them bitch ass niggas, you know, because they're wimps. Not because they might be gay, but just because they're wimps and stuff. And that's what they were. They were afraid of their mothers. Can mm-hmm. you imagine that those powerful men are afraid of their mothers? Mm-hmm. That's why I was down to the great. Now he always kept Aren't in touch most with most men, though. Huh? I was gonna say I was afraid Aren't of my most mother. Men my mother afraid of their mothers. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when there's no father there. Yeah. Yes, we are. They beat us viciously. And they love us, but they, they believe that's how men are supposed to be treated. Yeah, ain't that crazy? Interesting. They believe that's how men are supposed to be treated. But it's then you see true. my but you, you know true. but then you see my wife. I have to take she babies my. Fuck. I see how her mother, <laughs> the fucking. I see how the the women of her family treat the men. Mm. I watched her family. I watched the aunts and her mother. I just watched it, and they love the boys. They baby, they pamper the boys. <laughs> and I come from the house where the boys get their fucking ass get kicked in the fucking get the fuck out of here nigga uh, you wanna fight me mm. I'm your father you wanna fight I get the fuck out of here I'm from that world mm. I'm from the world where we, we we automatically picks on the son make him harder so we can kick him out mm. I'm from that world but now being the, being around the world let the world change now nah, I'm a bitch and now I want every time I, I have a daughter that's um LGBT. I want, yeah, in that mm-hmm. world. And um, why am I tough to my boy? But to her, I'm just a bitch. I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And then she wants I love her to death and that stuff. No, why? Because she checks me. I can't say bitch. I can't say nigga. I can't say ho. I can't say nothing derogatory about women or nothing. Because she, hey, hey, stop that shit. Mm-hmm. No, stop. She's just weird. And, I, and um, she's the only one in my family that checks me. <laughs> That's you funny know? how your daughter's capable of that, huh? Yeah, hey, I don't say it. Stop that. Don't talk. Don't say midget. What do I say then? Say small person. What? Small person? <laughs> hey, small person, how do I get to Harlem? Hey, small person, what time is it? <laughs> what are you talking about? But um, I don't want her to ever run away, so I just say, hey, I'm with it. I want her to stay close to me. I love her to death. I used to listen to what she says. You know, I used to I don't say bitch, I don't say nigga, I don't say ho, I don't say nothing. I'm just, I'm not who I am when I'm around her. Because <laughs> yeah. something, something about her is my mother. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
the way mm-hmm. she's not afraid of me is my mother. Mm-hmm. How come all my other kids? Hey, well, yeah, I wish they would fucking step to me. Why does she? Why does? Why is she the one that I I bow down to? Isn't that weird? Yeah, Shit. Huh? <laughs> I'm a fucking monster. I'm boss in my household, and now I'm got to bow down to her because uh-huh. I don't want to lose her. I love her so much. Why do I love this girl? She's fucking. She's in that world. She does that thing. She's just so different than what I ever believe in. But I guess I don't want to ever lose her. Mm. Mm. All of our fears come out in our children. All of our no, forgive me. All of our secrets. Mm. All of our secrets, yeah, come out of our children. Mm. So, besides that, what did <laughs> <laughs> what, you say? What about your children? You have children? Yeah, I got four kids. Talk to me about them. Uh, I got an older one uh, when I was younger. Tell me, how old is he? He's 18. What uh, is he like? What's wow. his name? His name is Nico. Nico. How do you feel about him? Love Nico. He's about to leave. Talk about, uh, he's a senior, and he's going off to college next year. So, uh, it's fine. It's, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to see him get a chance to go be independent. Yeah. That's go, good, man. To go fall down because he's you got to. We, you create such a safety net as a as a, a parent who has you know I've, yeah. I've done well, so yeah. I, I'm able to take care of all his needs. Uh, but that's the beauty of of letting him go. As much as I'm gonna miss him, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him deal with failure, to go through his fear. We talk about <laughs> all the kids. I got an 11 year old girl, nine year old boy, and then we got a five year old daughter that we adopted. Wow. Um, which, uh, and seeing her, all their personalities come out and how they react to certain things. Because I've always been fascinated, too. Like, like I got my brother, my biological brother, and, uh, and three adopted brothers. Mm. And we all kind of grew up in the same house. The adopted brothers came a little bit later, like when I got to high school. But my biological brother, we're just, we're just different. We're wired way differently. And the same... You would think the same lessons, because the same household, but he'll handle things way differently than me. Uh, and uh, it's it, with your children, you see them. How are they going to act around each other? Mm. And how are they going to? How are they internalizing what I say? See, it, there was a great story about um, Patrick Willis. He played linebacker. Yeah. I remember him? He's one of, of one of the greatest linebackers. He retired yeah. from San Francisco. Awesome. And his his parent his childhood was I think his brother died yeah. uh, he got his one of those those childhoods like yeah. talk about being from from the ghetto and, yeah. and not having shit yeah. and basically I think his mom was a drug addict and I hate I, I, hopefully the story is not I, I don't know if the exact story I just know his childhood and he got kicked out basically it was like that movie Blindside where yeah. where he grew up with a, a family adopted him. Uh, but then this guy's gone on to do great things. He's such a great man. Yeah, he's incredible. You meet too. him in person. Like, yeah. I love it. And this is who we go against. Like, I yeah. go against him a lot. Yeah. And, and he was a hard. <laughs> and then off the field, too, with charities and just a nice yeah. guy. Just a massive heart. Massive heart. And then yeah. you ask him, you go, why? What happened? Like, what happened to you being from where you are? And he says, uh, what choice did I have? I had mm. no choice. Seeing what I've seen growing up, I had no choice. And you know how many people are in jail or in bad circumstances that say the same thing? I had no choice. Look how I grew up. Mm. And so it's funny how he took it that way. I have no choice. But to see them and go, hell no, I don't want to be like that. I got to go this way. Where a lot of people will say, I had no choice. Look at them. I might as well be that way. Like, what's it about him and his heart that that, that, that clicked for him that way? And I look at my kids and, and I look at me the way I did it. 
and I love my brothers, uh, but you know, we all make mistakes, but it's about how you, how you bounce back from it and how you say, well, I'm going to move on now and go this direction. I'm not going to keep going that direction. And so I'm looking forward to see if I can guide my kids to dealing with that fear and with that adversity and making sure that when the, when the shit hits the fan, like it's going to, like yeah. it's going to, yeah. a lot of millennials don't want to hear that, but you're going to fail. And that's part of it. That's part of the process. And I want to, I want to give them the tools on how to, how to deal with that adversity when it comes. You know, um, that's so awesome that you did. I wish, um, fuck, um, you know, you're awesome, awesome parent, but, um, when I was a cuss, it was all about me being in love with myself and I'm better than everybody else. Can you imagine that? Yeah, he was an older guy. He was dying soon, so he didn't have time to explain, hey, Mike, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that, the girls. Or maybe, no, we need, um, he wanted greatness. He wanted another heavyweight champion. Mm. And, um... And he was just, that's just who he was. He didn't afraid of death or dying. He just wanted accomplishments and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I come from a world where people are just ego-based and ego-driven. I come from that world where people are just, um, they come from being um, brutalized, beaten and stuff. And just, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, fuck. I've, my, my influence is from this old fucking Jewish communist People, you know, intellects, though. Mm-hmm. Really smart intellects and stuff. Because I never went to school and, you know, I say words, and I just learned it from being around them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I was interested in life. I can't, I was, um, I was raised, you know, you see, I got Che Guevara. I see I got Mao on me. And um, I was raised by that type of mentality. God has loved Castro and thought Castro was a wonderful man. Stuff like that. It's just my world, you know. Hemingway, I learned a lot about books and stuff. The Prince, I learned a lot. That's all they talked about. They talked about books. They talked about, um, what was that guy named? The Great Writer, what was in Tolstoy. They talked about mm-hmm. Hemingway. We talked about these guys. They known, these people are 80 years old when I'm 14. So they've known, they've known people like Tolstoy's wife or his nieces. You know, these are just people that had experience with people. But you were fascinated by that when he was yeah. telling you that those stories. You were listening. Were, yeah. were you listening? Absolutely. Hey, listen. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And you loved that stuff. Like, why did you love that? Because, like I said, I had my father and my mom got divorced when I was six, mm. and I saw my father on Saturday. Very religious man, but I, I didn't see him during the week. Mm. So he wasn't wasn't around. Not a bad guy. Just just wasn't around. Um, and took us to trips. I want to make sure because I don't want to hurt. He he would dig, he took us on trips. But I had a stepdad named Michael Saltzman. He's passed on. And when he came into our lives, old, uh, not older, just a Jewish man, very Jewish, uh, lover of books. Like I said, I don't come from that educated background. Like my family, we didn't do that. We did, that wasn't us. But with him, this man who came into my life was like all about books and higher learning. And he would tell me these stories. And we always bonded on books and and lessons of life and we, we got into like the whole i remember um the da vinci code oh and yeah the symbolism of of what life is and all it, it, deep conversations Ooh. but i listened to it i was into it where my brothers they could they could honestly they didn't give a shit like that's where him and i bonded and i'm wondering like like why why were you 
so into that? Like, what, did, what, what about that spoke to you? Um, you know, it spoke to me because um, I had no perspective on myself. Mm-hmm. So I meant nothing to me. So I looked for something to become something. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? You're mm-hmm. a seeker. Yeah. That's what it is right there. Yeah. That's what I think that is. Yeah. It's that seeker. It's that curiosity. Yeah. You got to be curious if you ever want to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody we yeah. talk about, if, if you're going to be great at something, you better be curious. Yeah. Well, I no, think it's no, pretty greatness profound. Is, um, greatness is the willingness to die. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's greatness. Mm. Like you see these guys... Um, you know, forget about suicide guys. Forget about the guy. Just people you're some that are decent people just decide to kill themselves. Mm. You know? What makes a person does that? And they do it young age, 15, 16. And it's just, um, how do you say it? It's, it's 15, 20 years old, um, you experience enough life to realize, hey, I don't want to be here no more. Mm. It's something about yourself that you just hate so bad. Mm. Any kind of killing is a form of self-hate. You know? If I'm killing somebody, it's just everything I say about it, if I call him a dirty motherfucker, that's because I'm a dirty motherfucker. Mm-hmm. If he's a bitch-ass nigga, it's because I'm a bitch-ass nigga. We reflect of one another. That's why people inspire about it. That's how come we get inspired, you know? Because we're a reflection of one another. Yes. And they allow us to know what we can be. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in a bad situation, this is what we can be. Mm-hmm. My whole life is about rob. Listen, I come from that world of rob. My mother's a... Slept with me, my father's a pimp, and this, and this is my world. Can you imagine? Look at me, I'm a fucking savage. I see my mother sleep with men, fuck me, and I, it's, just, it's just who I am. Sex and me, um, that's probably why I got in trouble with sex, because sex and me is like, whoa, it's, it's like breathing. And I know it should be like, but it's just like breathing, like perversity and sex and that stuff, and me in a room and a bunch of women, like snacks, and, and that's just that's natural to me. Because that's who my mother and father is. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? Yeah. Even to this day right now, I have to check myself. Always check myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my wife is my consciousness. Yeah. Why is my masculinity in a woman? My Because my, my wife, my mother fucked me up. That's why my masculinity is in a woman. See, Why am I so overbearing to my wife? I must, my wife must say, this nigga is overbearing. As long as you love me, but the nigga is too much. I know she must think that, you know, because I'm afraid of losing her. And I, say, I think to myself, when I'm so aggressive and I love her and I give her so much love, that's chasing her away. Mm. But why can't I control it? Why can't I just stop and be in a Mac and be, with all the other people? Why can't I do that with her the way I do with everyone else, the other women? Like, pfft, they're nothing. Because my masculinity is in her. Because my mother fucked me up in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Seeing her fuck men and seeing men fuck her and how she responds to all that stuff. And I want to make people respond the way my mother responds when I'm fucking. I'm making love or whatever we call it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for those sounds that my mother made that I heard her sing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, how do you, how do you unsee something? Mm. Can you? No, you can't. can't. No, ha- no, no, brother. You can't. Listen, <laughs> I'm in love with those. I'm in love with that picture mm. of people fucking my mother. I'm in love with that picture, that ecstasy, that passion. I'm in love with. I, I keep rolling those pictures in my head. I'm in love with the picture. I'm addicted to that. Mm. Yeah, different. 
Mm. And how do you, well, at least for me, like I said, like going through hard times and how do you change the story? How do you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to change the story. I'm not going to, can't change what happened, but I'm going to change the narrative on how it spoke to me. And I'm going to make it speak to me this way now. Instead of that negative way, I'm going to make it be a positive way and be a light going forward. Then when you great. do that, then no, that sounds great. Sounds, yeah. That sounds good, but then, um, and then we're dealing with what you're dealing with now. Mm. Um, you don't, you know, you don't want these people to know that I do this. Like me, I, I have no secrets of anything. Everybody, I'm so transparent. That's why I've lost so much, mm. you know? So this is my only freedom, being able to be on this mic. And I don't like this because um, this makes people think that I'm somebody special. And I don't want nobody to think I'm somebody because I, I don't have a good opinion of myself. You know? But for my ego, this is great. You know, My ego is something I'm trying to get away from. But when I get away from that ego, when I, get, when I um, distinguish myself, I'm such a coward. I need it back. I'm like, oh, I hate myself. When my ego goes away, I'm a bitch. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I am. Everything I'm afraid of, I don't know. Get come back. I don't know. How do I? How do you? How do you get rid of that guy? Mm-hmm. You talk about him. Yeah. Um, we need him. He's 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 here for a reason. Yeah. Why is he here? And we keep getting away. No, my ego tells me. You acknowledge it. It tells me sometimes. Listen, I tell you, you you gonna do this shit? Look. He, I, this is where I got you. I got you here with Rob. I got you here with Tyson fucking um, Ranch. I got this. This is what I got for you, Mike. <laughs> but listen, only thing I want you to do to pay me back, all right? I just need you to um, I need you to fuck up, and then we're even. That's what my ego tell me. You need. I need you to fuck her. You fuck her, and then we're even, Mike. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to fuck nobody but my wife. Yeah. But that's somebody who say, I gave you all this. Just do me a favor, Mike. Fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the ego, man. Huh? Fuck the ego. Hey, listen, that's what everyone says. You're saying it not, but it's so, it's, it has you, it has all of us. Oh, I know. We can't know. live without it. Well, it comes, and it's going to come. I was yeah. Listen to something last night on, I think it was on Alan Watts. I don't know if you ever yeah. Him. Alan Watts. Love Alan. Yeah. And you and he was talking about a, a, a Buddhist story or whatever, and one a great Buddhist was saying that that there is no such thing as permanence. Mm. That you will not be a permanently blissful yeah. or happy. Yeah. Just like you won't be permanently sad mm. or ego driven. That it's going to come, but it's about letting it come and don't run from it. Yeah. Talk about don't be afraid of it. Take it. Yeah. And then go through the other side of that. Because that's, that's where Check the life this is. This is gonna be, why do we listen to these people? The fuck are these people? They don't even look like us. Why do we listen to them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from another fucking way of living, life, strength. You know, he don't look like us, think like us, or nothing like us. Why do we listen to them? Mm-hmm. Why? Maybe because I'm thinking that it's an energy that you can feel mm. wherever you're at at that point. If you're ready for that, it'll hit you. Just like if you see a pimp on the corner and that speaks to you and you say to yourself, I want to be like that. That's where you're at at that time, energetically. Or you see a pimp on the corner and you say, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm, I'm somewhere else. I'm not saying it's better or it's worse. But I'm at a different energy, vibration, and frequency 
your frequency is your currency. I don't that's know. That's where you're at. I, I don't know. I think we don't like what we're doing. That's why we listen to people. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's we we in some way we take what they say and we want us to we want the world to believe that we said it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the um, perspective of ourselves. That's the, um, what I say. We do. Uh, what's that word I used again? Uh, uh, self-reflection. Or, uh, um, no, fuck it. Uh, examining yourself. Yeah. Inventory. In- inventory. When you do yeah. your inventory, you can't lie. That's why when I do my inventory, I can't lie to myself. Yeah. You know, and I just say fuck. Yeah. You know. Yeah. These are the things that I have to deal with. Yeah, it's good that you're dealing. You're asking these. Most people are too afraid to ask questions yeah. about them. Oh, well, here's the thing, though, pain, pain. Mike, about the ego, and Alan Watts talks about this: is that the ego is an illusion that you've created. There's no spot in your brain exactly that generates this shit. The ego is this fucking create. This so why did we create them? Why did we to protect yourself? Yes. To keep yourself safe. Yes. To aspire because you can't imagine that you can be the person that everyone loves and holds up in all of your successes. You know, my ego tells me. My ego knows that I'm a, um, I'm a great follower of Alexander the Great. My ego said, fuck that nigga. What it took him 20 years to do, you do one fight. <laughs> what it took him 20 years to do for people to know who he is, I do it in one night. But still, I don't want to think of myself as something great. I want he did? Something has to be great in order for me to. I can't look at me it's just me. I, it's, it's just my low self-esteem. Maybe it's something I have to want to follow something. It's bigger than me. Something has to be bigger than me. Yeah. I get that. What about healthy ego? Excuse me? Yeah. Is there a healthy ego? That's what I think I have. I think so. No? I think I have a healthy ego. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. Because a healthy ego is when you don't respond to your ego. Yeah. When you don't act out what it's telling you to do. Yes, exactly. When you laugh at it, no way, motherfucker. You're not going to live in reaction. It's hard to get to that point. Listen, we're human beings, and this is the deal, right? That no one wants to believe. That sometimes the nicest person, the monks, the fucking Sister Teresa, Mother Teresa, they think sometimes, they see somebody and say, I want to kick him in his fucking head. And they they can't stop why they think of it. I want to punch him in his fucking face. I want to fucking castrate. And we don't know why we say that, think those things. That's the you know animal I mean? mind. And then we go back to that. No, that's not good. Praise be to God. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. Oh, Jesus, please help me in this and that. Oh, God. And um, why do we do that? That's why religion comes in. It, it, it just um, gives us a way to live. Even though we may think, oh, fuck, religion, this, this is for the man and this and that. But it gives us a, a structure. Gives, yeah, it gives a us a spiritual structure. structure. Spirit, yeah, I like that, too. Because everybody always say, hey, fuck religion. I'm spiritual. But you got spiritual from religion. You know? Well, maybe no. You not. have to know about you have to know about religion. You have to hear and hear what these people are talking about. Say, hey, I don't like that, but I like this. This is who I am. That's why I say when I look at books, I say this is who I am. We are who we are, and we just we're seekers, like you said. Mm. And we don't like certain things about us, and we want to go like this. Like I don't like this. I like Arnold Rothstein, even though he's a criminal. Stuff. I like this about him. I like the fact that he likes to teach everybody. Like, if you want to be in his group, if you want to make money with him, you have to learn how to eat. You have to learn how to fucking dress. You, have, you know, he, he mm. wanted you to prepare for life. Even though these were criminals. He was preparing Lucky Luciano all in my life. He was, he was the father of crime. Mm. But he had class. You know, he's always dignified. He's always looking nice. He sees somebody, he's a place. He take 
get a haircut. It was always about looking good, even though you were doing bad, but you were looking good doing bad. You know, it was all about self-image, who you wanted to be, like we're discussing, the illusion of ourselves, who we are. Yeah. You know? Well, we're running out of time. Uh, but we can do but, this all day, though. No, we got some time. We got, like, 20 minutes. But, Tony, so you're on Fox NFL Sunday. You're doing that thing. You're an analyst. How has that been when it comes to all of this stuff, the ego that – you had created this persona that you created as one of the yeah. greatest football players of all time, transitioning that, maybe even killing that guy to become this next phase, to come into this next phase of your life. And you've got your podcast wide open, which is dope as hell. And, you know, you're really a guy that should be out there speaking and getting your message and spreading your light. And I'm just curious, how has that been transitioning into that role from you know once being at the top of the mountain in the NFL, yeah, it was it was tough at the beginning. Um, I got a job from the outside looking in. Everybody thought it was like this cream puff job, and I was working for CBS on the main desk. Uh, and I was flying out to New York every week, and I loved it while I was there. But just something was stopping me from mm. being. You can never recreate that yeah. football feeling, and I realized it's not even about it's it's an emotional thing. But I was, and I was, I was scared. I was scared mm-hmm. to show who I am in front of the camera. When that red light's on, you know, there's millions of people yeah. watching. We all are. And I was scared. And so I had a hard time with it. And I, could never, I never felt like I was really myself. And I always apologize to people from CBS. Uh, <laughs> thank you for my opportunity. But it was like you never really got to see me mm. in front of that camera, uh, fully me. And it's because I was, I was just afraid. And I remember I was... Um, I was up for renegotiation, and I did a good job. It just wasn't where, right. I, where I wanted it. And uh, I was in Spain. I was sitting in a little cafe. I was with my wife, and we were sitting there talking. She's like, hey, is the deal almost done? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much done. And she goes, like, happy with it? And I, like, like paused. Mm. And, uh, and I started crying. And I'm like, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, I, I don't know. I, I just I f- I feel like I'm about to have an anxiety attack. Mm. Like, if I sign this contract, but with them, first of all, I was away from my family. Because was, 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 I'd have to travel three days a week, and I have those four kids all in the house. And I was like, I, I don't like being away from them. I don't feel like I am myself on this show for whatever reason. I just, it's just not working for me. And that's kind of when life took off for me again. Mm. Like from that moment, and that's why rock bottom, quote unquote, rock bottom moments are good to me. Yeah. I like it when I hit that because that means I'm challenging myself. I'm asking the questions. I'm not avoiding that shit. I'm not going to say I'm going to do it there's anyway because no I'm pressure. afraid. Ain't no. that bitch when you're rock bottom? There's no fucking yeah. pressure. Yeah. Bottom. And a lot of people don't want to do that because yeah. they want, they'd rather say, oh, you know what? Just keep doing it. You'll get through it. It's like, no, I need, I need to throw my hands up and say, I don't know. I'm stuck right now and I'm lost, but I'm going to get out of this and it's going to work. And that's how you got good people around you. My wife is brilliant brilliant wife where she's like it is okay it's okay you can do it you can and then from that moment i was like i gotta i can't i can't do this job anymore mm. and people were like my agent and my manager they were both like you're making a career decision here you're making a mistake you're, you'll never get it you're not going to fox because they don't have any spots over there you're not going to esp you're not going to go do this stuff you're gonna have to free and i said i'm gonna let go i'm gonna let go and we'll see it's gonna turn out good for me I'm a, I can't live like this. I'm not going that way anymore. I'm going to go the other way. And so I dropped out, started learning. Uh, and obviously, and it's funny how life opens up. Yeah. That's why I always say, one of my quotes is, life takes off on the other side of fear. Mm. Once you Love can, that, Tony. Once you can go through it, 
it's funny how the universe or life, whatever you believe in, opens up to you and says, yeah, there you go, son, daughter. Yeah. You did it. Now I'm going to reward you for that. Yeah. Because you were afraid to do that. And most people are afraid. And that's what I'm saying. That's where you want to be in life. And that's why you want to be in uncomfortable situations. You want to be in front of the can- the, this microphone to, just to expand yourself, you know, to get better. Yeah. And, and that's what took off for me. And, and then I was able to. It's funny. Fox opened up. Another the story is a job opened up at Fox miraculously. The guy who was there went to go to the FBI peanut Tillman. Oh, no shit. He went to the FBI and his spot opened up and they're like, wow. And it's funny. It's like, wow. It opened of course. Up. And then the things that happened to me at Fox, I love working there so much. The, the atmosphere is so great. The guys like Michael Strahan and Terry yeah. Bradshaw and Howie Long and Michael Vick. I'm working with Carissa Thompson. Yeah. Like it goes on and on. Like I, I love the execs. It's, it's my vibe. It's, yeah. it's me. And it's 10 minutes from the house. That's <laughs> so dope, it was great. Man. Oh, we That's don't awesome. have much time. Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. I guess um, this is what my mentor told me. You know, after him living his life, he's born in 1908, but after him living all this crazy life and doing it, this is what he told me. When you have everything in the world, when you have it all, you know, there has to be something worth giving it up for. Mm. Not your family. It has to be something in you that has to be worth, something that you have to give it, give, it, give it up. Fuck, lose it all. You know? Like when I was hearing you saying all these good things, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to get this, and now some people, boom, and they just go. Mm-hmm. How do we rebuild? Yeah. How do you, how do you set, re- reset your mind and say, hey, fuck that shit, nigga, we're going to do it again. Yeah. But it's hard, though. <clears throat> it's, it was hard. It's not like it didn't, yeah, yeah I made that decision. It, it's not like it got immediately oh, better. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I still was there's in no some progress. shit for a while. Yes. You without you. struggle, there's no progress. Absolutely. We yes. know who we are. Yes. Yeah. You know, Definitely. and that's the worst. That's what we don't want to find out. Life prepares us. It forces us to find out who we are. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like who we are. Because we, we're not going to like who we are sometimes. And we have to, life has forced us to like who we are and accept who we are. Whatever happened to me. Yeah. And accept who we are. Yeah. yeah. It's like being know. in the mirror. So I did a lot of techniques, too. Like, I, uh, there's this great lady who I've had on Wide Open, too. It's an unbelievable session with her. Her name's Marissa Peer. She's a hypnotherapist. Mm. Oh, that's cool. I grew up hypnotist. Since I was 14, I've been getting hypnotized. You know, my whole career. I don't do it anymore, but I just know the kind. I do it to myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say I don't do it no more. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I do it to myself. So, so I wrote, one of her big things was, I am enough. Oh, um, that's such a big one. I wrote that in my wife's lipstick, and it stayed up in that same lipstick. I told the, the, the people when they come, you know, help us clean the house. That don't take that down. Mm. And that stayed there for a year. Mm. So every day I'd look into the mirror, I would see I am enough. Like, I got this. That's dope. Like, you have man. to. And it's just like on the, on the football field. That, that's kind of the, probably the biggest thing that was stopping me while I was dropping the balls. When that ball was coming to me, it was don't drop the ball. Don't drop it. Mm. And I'd catch it most of the time. But I would drop it occasionally. And that's why I led the league and dropped passes. Where I had to switch that mentality, along with falling in love with it and getting catches before practice, an extra three hundred catches a day versus what I was doing before. Uh, it was, it was. I got this when that ball's in the air. And it's like there's nothing you can do to stop me. How much do me. your wife and family have to do that? That right, that moment. How much do they have to do with that? The energy you just had. You see all that stuff. How much do your wife? I want to talk about your wife. How much your wife have to do with that? She's. She's everything to me. She's she's. You talk about my ego. <laughs> she she is the one who can build me up, but not tear me down. She's always like, "You got this." Before shows, big like we left for the Super Bowl week, she's like, "You're going to do a great job this week." And it's part of that 
Alexander the Great or cuss with you, like telling somebody that you love and respect that will tell you that you can do this and that you, it's like being a great parent. It's like tell your kids that there's, you are limitless yeah. and you are powerful. If you keep your ego in check and you go this way, you're going to, it's not if, it's when. It's going to come to you. And so I believe that if you, if you have that, if you can walk around with that feeling, when the shit comes, with the inevitable shit that's going to come, it's going to happen to you. But you just know. It's like, kind of like trust. It's like when you stepped into the ring or when I stepped on the field, you stepped on the field, you have to really trust. That's confidence. Yeah. Like trust it's going to work. Yeah. It's going to. And if, I get, if you get one, if you beat me on this play, I'm going to come back. Uh, and I'm prepared to go to the, di- the distance. And a lot of that being prepared comes from, I don't know, maybe how you grew up, that, that dog mentality. We no, talk about that. No, listen. Um, on a, on a, in a sport, athletic field. This is what um, Mama Lee amazes me in so many different fashions because when I look at Mama, I think, for one, I don't think Mama Lee ever had a street fight. He had, um, it was a big guy, it was a guy that was a bouncer, and everybody was afraid of him in the neighborhood in St. Louis, and Louisville, right? And um, he was a boxer, too. So he was a tough guy, and everybody, he beat up a lot, he knocked guys out in the bar, you know, because he's the bouncer and stuff. And so I, Gene Taylor was, Ali was boxing, Ali was scared to death of him, but he just was hitting him with a jab, he broke his nose and they stopped the fight or something and I believe Gene Kiro had told me Ali stayed in the house for two he was scared the guy was going to beat him up and stuff <laughs> you know but just to see a guy like that that listen he was at a he was using his thing talking shit about Sonny Liston and your ugly bear and something and now Sonny Liston smacked him right and Ali was scared he didn't know what to do right so how do you come from being afraid of this guy, to the next thing you know, you're kicking his ass. And where does that confidence come from? Where did it come? Where did it come from? Him getting smacked to like I'm gonna kick his fucking ass. What happened? Here's my opinion because I had a bully when I was yeah. growing up, and he used to come every single day, and I would strategically hide my skateboard. I lived in Huntington Beach, so we did that, <laughs> and I would skate home, and I was definitely scared scared of this guy. Mm. I didn't go to school dances. I didn't hang out after school. I heard the stories how this guy beat two guys up with, and smashed one in the head with a brick. And I was just, and uh, it culminated at the end of my school year. We, everybody graduated. I went and hid at my eighth grade graduation. My whole family's looking for me. And it was like out of a movie. They all came up and they saw me. And I was cowering behind a wall. And I remember that was the. And remember, I played Pop Warner football before that. And I said to myself, I'll never see that look on their face again. My mom's face and my brother's face. My brother Chris. Everybody else I can't remember. But I remember seeing my mom's face. She, just, she didn't say a word. She just looked at me and gave me that look like, like just absolute disappointment. Mm-hmm. And my brother mouthed the words. He was like, what are you doing? Because they had all known about it. They had been trying to get me to fight this guy, but I was scared. And I remember I said to myself, never again. I will take an ass whooping. I don't care. I will die before I run away from anybody ever mm-hmm. again. And I think that's part of it. I've, I've been noticing this, too, about these movers and shakers. We're very sensitive people. Yeah. And that embarrassment and the same thing happened when I dropped all those balls. I was like, that will never happen again. I won't be that guy dropping balls. Yeah. I'm, I'd rather I will, I will kill myself. Be, like, when I'm not kill, kill myself, literally. I will, I will go to the ends of the earth, yeah. and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll run 100 sprints after practice. I will jeopardize my body now 
like you said, I will beat it up to oblivion in order to not go through that feeling again. I don't ever want that feeling again. Mm. Uh, and I, you've have to, you have to get past that, though. You have to get past that. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer. But that guided me through that time in my life. It's dope, uh, man. Living. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it. Tony, man, thank you thank so you. much, Thanks brother. Appreciate yeah. it. And really beautiful. Hey, <laughs> check it. out. You want to give a shout out for your social media stuff? Uh, to- yeah, Tony Gonzalez, 88. You can check me out there or you can go to the wide open, all major podcast platforms and, and check that out. Awesome. So. You got anything with Fox until next football season? Nothing. Thank you guys you. are good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just want to say one thing before we go away, yeah. right? Me, you, all three of us, right? What the fuck? Why do we think that motherfuckers got to watch us and we got to look and they got to have to absorb us? Why do we think that? I don't why do we, know? listen, just, why do we, why are we born thinking that, you know, that's the motherfucker, we want people to watch us, excite, you know, we want to entertain people, we want people to fucking suck our dicks, we want people to worship us, that's the word. <laughs> well, that way. Well, I think for the podcast <laughs> stuff. No, listen, yeah. listen, why do we want people to worship us? Why do we, why we think we're that person? Why do we think we're descendants from God? No, that, individually. We don't think that. We think we're better than people in a certain way. We don't say it, but in a way, because look, why is everybody like that and we're like this? Well, you know? my, my thing on that is... Well, is it just that we don't, they don't want to put in the work? No, it's more than that. I felt that way at the beginning, and I ain't going to lie. I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think he's wrong with that. That was just part of my growth process. But at this point now, I think the reason you're sitting here and you're sitting here is because... We feel like we have a story to tell that can help people. Yeah. It's coming from a place of love now to like, yeah. don't like, I don't, I don't believe in uh, the chosen one. Like I, we were talking backstage before we came on, like the movie, the matrix. I love that movie yeah. because he finally figures out that he is the one. And I believe every, if you're the one, then I'm the one yeah. and you're the one. And anybody out there listening, like you're you have one. an amazing power to yeah. go out there and do all this. There's there. The success leaves clues. Yeah. Listen to these stories and to, and uh, try them out. Don't be afraid. And that that's part of it. At least that's I, at least I I like to think. And maybe there's a little ego in that too. Yeah, uh, ego is know what else ego is? Ego is believing that we're going into an afterlife and we're not going to die. Our ego saying we're going to live forever. That's you know when the reality is, nigga, it's like everything else, we're gone. Mm-hmm. It's an experience of life, and we should appreciate that. But we want to live forever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is. Well, you guys will get into it more. All right. Go for <laughs> hey, it. everybody. Hey! <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Hot Box, and thank you, Tony, for coming. It's great to have you Thanks. in here, man, sharing Appreciate your wisdom. I always have a fucking opinion about him that's totally wrong and shit. Yeah, I know. The guy's fucking cool, man. Hey, everybody. Life is great. Life is great. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode of Hotbox oh, and check God. out Tony's pod wide open. I'm going to be on there next. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. And we're out of here. Hey, do you want anybody to know anything about you or anything? They know it. it. Hey, 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 hey. Wikipedia, come on now. Hey, 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 this is NFL Hall of Famer, Ray Lewis. I'm excited to announce the launch of my new podcast, Everyday Greatness, the Ray Lewis podcast. I'll be talking with friends, family members, old teammates, athletes, celebrities, moguls, and guess what? I'll be talking to you. Listen, 
This is all in the search for everyday greatness. So I'm asking you to come along with me on this ride. Download new episodes of Everyday Greatness, the Ray Lewis podcast, every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on PodcastOne.com. It's not what you have. It's what's inside of you that actually inspires greatness.